The Hippie Hour is a holistic wellness podcast brought to you by me, Hannah, a 20-something interested in everything others might consider hippy-dippy. From astrology to crystals, plants to tarot cards, feminine energy to yoga and meditation, I'm here to help both you and I dig deeper into these topics. Because wellness is involved, and I am a current physical therapy student, I will be citing scientific evidence and credible sources a lot investing alternative medicine pseudoscience. Always consult with your doctor first before deciding to implement any wellness changes. PSA, although essential oils are cool, they are not vaccines. If you are considering incorporating any topics talked about in this podcast into your own life, of course, do your own research as science is always changing and I'm definitely not an expert in these areas, just wholeheartedly interested. So let's learn more about becoming a hippie. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hippie Hour podcast. I am very excited to share the topic today we're going to be discussing, and it's called Shinrin Yoku or Forest Bathing. And I wanted to do this as this week's episode topic because I just did an actual session of it for the first time last week through the library. And I feel like it's a really good thing around this time of the year to incorporate into your life when the weather starts to get sour and people spend less time outside. So I'm I'm really excited to talk about it today with you all. Uh, I will say this is going to be a much shorter episode. I only have about three pages of notes, it looks like. Um, And I feel like that's because this week I was just not super energetic. I I feel like the weather really changed. I was complaining about the humidity for, I think, all of September and like, gosh, I wish we just had some nice cool weather. And here it is. It finally turned a corner and came around. But um, I don't know if anyone else experiences this, but sometimes when the weather atmosphere pressure changes, um, I just kind of feel funky for about a week or so. I just feel bleh. So I'm sitting on my couch right now. And Murphy is curled up on my bed. He's hanging out with me being sleepy and I just feel tired. I feel like I'm lacking energy this week. And I, I mean, I have midterms uh, starting tomorrow through next week as well. So that's probably been contributing to my energy levels, but hopefully talking about this today will boost that. And maybe if you're in the same place as I am and not feeling too great, this will spark some ideas for you to get outside. So before we go into all of that, into depth with that, let's take a moment to do our mindful meditation, mindful moment. So as long as you're not driving, (laughs) just take a deep breath and Wherever you are, get comfy. Start to notice your breath. In through the nose, big inhale. Exhale out through the mouth. Close your eyes. If you're seated, letting yourself feel really grounded into the floor. 
from standing, feel like your feet are rooted into the ground, like solid roots of a tree. And because it's in line with the topic today, as you're sitting or standing here, I want you to think about your favorite place in nature. It could be anywhere, but somewhere that you know pretty well. So you can imagine it, you can see it, visualize it in your mind. Take another deep breath in, let it out. Keep thinking about that place. Maybe imagining what it smells like, what it sounds like, how you feel when you're there. And taking another deep breath in, gently opening your eyes. Wonderful. Now that you got that in your brain, we can move forward with talking about Shinrin Yoku and the restorative power of forest bathing. So L.L. Bean was the first resource I found that had a really good article on forest bathing. Um, L.L. Bean is a clothing company in case you didn't know, uh, but they have some really cool outdoorsy articles on their website and they had one on forest bathing. So this is from them. L.L. Bean's article says, Shinrin Yoku translates as forest bathing and the evocative name describes the practice perfectly. It's like immersing yourself in a soothing and relaxing bath. You immerse yourself in a soothing and relaxing forest. Instead of soaking in the warm water, you soak in the sights, sounds, and smells of nature. And that time outside has a positive restorative effect on your health and well-being. I think... Um, a lot of people get confused when they hear that name, forest bathing. And so I liked that description that they had, that it's it's not bathing in a literal sense, but it is bathing as in feeling like you are allowing all of these things around you to soak into your body. I love that word, soak. And so how did it start? That was the next question that I was thinking about besides um, knowing a little bit about it from my actual forest bathing session last week. I had the guide answer that question. She said that it originated in Japan. That's why it's called Shinrin Yoku. That's the literal, the literal Japanese translation is forest bathing. Um, but it started in Japan, my guide said, and it was because they were having this tech boom in the 1980s that was causing a lot of people to get stressed out and staying inside a lot. And so I wanted to learn a little bit more about that and found some good information from, again, that L.L. Bean article, as well as healingforest.org. So due to the relentless Japanese working culture, the stress levels of Japanese employees during that time was running rampant and the forestry department saw this really awesome possibility that could benefit the stress levels of people 
and increase the demand for forest cover needed by the forestry department. So it's kind of a win-win. So Shinrin-yoku slash forest bathing was born. The Japanese who were under the stress of competitive metropolitan life were lured into the healing atmosphere of the forests to engage in different relaxing activities. So I think that's the other thing with it. It's not just like going for a walk in the woods. There's some um, meditative and like guided imagery involved with forest bathing. Um, And I'll talk about that in the discussion portion of the episode about my own experience. But also from the L.L. Bean article, they said nearly 40 years ago, that was the 80s around then, the Japanese Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries proposed incorporating Shinrin-yoku into daily life and began designated national forest bathing reserves. Today, the Japanese Society of Forest Medicine continues to promote research on forest medicine and the benefits of forest bathing. Um, I love that they say forest medicine because I think that ties back into our well-being model that I talked about in episode one about how a huge portion of your well-being involves the environment around you and how safe it is for you to get out in nature, how much nature you have around you. And so there's this really positive therapeutic effect of nature if you allow yourself to get out there. And it's great that, you know, the Japanese government had a whole department dedicated to this goal of improving people's well-being in the nature category. Because it's not only good for us, but it's good for the earth as well to emphasize we need these nature areas and reserves to help sustain a a facet of life we can't get from just living in an urban area. So that sounds great, but how can it improve your health from a scientific standpoint? There's a article I found from NCIB with Hansen et al. that said human health benefits associated with the immersion in nature continue to be currently researched Longitudinal research conducted worldwide is needed to produce new evidence of the relationships associated with Shinrin-yoku and clinical therapeutic effects. Nature therapy as a health promotion method and potential universal health model is implicated for the reduction of reported modern-day stress state and techno-stress. I liked that word, techno-stress, because I think we are so glued to our phones, our computers, our TVs, our screens in so many ways that it's it's kind of impossible nowadays not to have some connection to technology unless you are super intentional about it. And that's not to say that technology is a bad thing. It's just that having a break from tech and being in a completely natural area with no signs of technology that could be overstimulating um, and just being able to soak in fresh air, fresh sounds, nature sounds, um, feeling the soil around you, feeling the leaves, feeling the, the grass blades. Like all of those things are very visceral. I'm sure when I said them, you can kind of imagine them in your head and it can connect yourself back to this sense of interconnection with the things around you, whereas technology, I think, takes that away um, because we're kind of in this altered state a lot of the times when we're 
watching something on the news or watching a huge binge episode of Netflix. Like yesterday I did that and I binged this amazing thriller. It's Danish, so I had to watch it with subtitles, but highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's called The Chestnut Man. It was so good that I had to binge it because it was just so enthralling. But I was definitely in that state of I'm just laying on the couch. I'm so absorbed into this show. I'm not recognizing the things around me. I'm not in tune with the things around me. And so the the research is showing with Shinrin Yoku that being in nature really helps you be present and noticing the tiny things around you and breathing in all of the signs of um, life, of nature, the things that we often can be out of touch with. We know that time outside has numerous health benefits for both the body and mind. And there's a study in the Journal of Psychological Science, for example, that found just an hour of walking in nature improved attention span and memory by 20%. And the benefits of forest bathing in particular, those immersive, intentional, meditative walks in nature are becoming clearer as well. In Japan, a study in the International Journal of Biometeorology found that the forest bathing uh, technique reduced blood glucose levels of diabetics by 39.7%, more than with indoor exercise, which is kind of insane. Uh, the same study, and this is really interesting, also discovered that certain forest trees emit organic compounds called phyto, phytonicides, phytonicides, something sciencey. And inhaling these compounds has been proven to decrease blood pressure and improve immune system functions. So being close to certain forest trees has an, a very intentional effect on your body because of these um, organic compounds, which is cool because then you kind of think about chemistry there. In light of these findings, the Japanese government has developed 48 therapy trails throughout the country. That's a ton, and they're intentional for forest bathing. It's a way of helping people um, and providing access to anyone who wants to experience the healing benefits of time outside. So I think the United States should be a little bit more like Japan and consider that as a public health resource. You know, it's free if, if you want to go for a walk in nature, having, you know, a path that's set up for you. I mean, I'm not sure what these trails uh, entail in, in terms of how they might be different than any other nature trails. But in my mind, I'm thinking, are there like signs along the way that ask you, you know, like take a second to sit here and notice what sounds you hear or um, look at this fern and tell me what different shades of green you can find on it. And that's more along the lines of what forest bathing is. Um, but yeah, that's like a super easy access that public health officials should start to consider in the United States. So how can you practice Shinrin-yoku on your own? One of the wonderful things about forest bathing is that it's very easy. Like I was saying, you don't need any special training or gear and you don't even need a forest technically. 
The practice is all about opening your senses, leaving your worries behind and connecting with nature, whether it's a forest trail, a city park, or even in your own backyard, which I like a lot too, because some people live in cities and they don't have a ton of access to nature trails, although a lot of cities try to provide them. Um, like I live in an apartment in the city but we do have a courtyard in the back and even being able to sit back there and try to connect with the nature I do notice is a super easy way to do this. So the next time you're outside, start by pausing, taking a deep breath and focusing on the different sensations around you. What do you see, smell, hear, taste, feel? Don't rush through the experience. Explore what those five senses are telling you and walk at a nice, slow, leisurely pace with no destination or a goal in mind. You're just there. You're immersed in the nature. Let your body guide you and turn off your phone. Don't let it distract you from this experience. Um, even leaving it behind in your house or your apartment is a good idea so that you're completely focused on um, being in the moment outside. The more that you can concentrate on what's around you, the more you'll fully feel those um, effects of mental clarity and physical restoration that forest bathing brings. So how was it for me? This is the discussion portion of episode. Woohoo! Uh, I told you it was going to be a little shorter today. Uh, I do feel like this information is also nice and easy to the point. Um, but yeah, let's talk about my own experience with it for the first time last week. So I went to the library on campus where we had the librarian slash forest therapy guide meet us. It was a little group of students who had signed up to take this class and none of us had done forest bathing before. And she's a certified forest bathing guide. Sometimes it's forest therapy guide. Uh, and she actually lived in Japan for a while and that's where she found out about forest bathing. And she, I believe became certified over there from another like forest bathing expert. So she, has been leading these sessions for a while now. And the first thing we did was we walked down to this nice trail that runs along the Mississippi river. That's close to campus. I actually love going there and um, bringing Murphy for a walk or going for a run. I think one time after a test I had, I just went for a walk down there because it's actually like a nice naturey trail in the middle of a busy campus. And we went down there, we found this nice big open tree, we made a circle, and some of us sat down, I sat down, um, because we did kind of this long meditation, but others uh, continued to stand up, and we were told to either close our eyes or have a soft gaze, and to just focus on our breath at first. So how I start these episodes, you know, taking a deep breath in, letting it out kind of resetting your body, especially from a stressful day if you've had one, and then noticing the different things around you. So she kind of guided us through the different things we were hearing. Uh, 
one thing that I really liked that she did was it was listen for the farthest sound that you can hear. And that was for about 30 seconds to a minute. And I, I think the farthest sound I could hear was like super distant traffic. And then she said, now notice a sound that's a little bit closer, not super close to you, but maybe a medium distance away. I think that was probably like people talking um, kind of in our vicinity, but not super close to us. And um, maybe even some geese that were flying overhead nearby, but weren't very close. And then she asked us to listen to something super close. And I think from what I remember, it was a week ago already, I was hearing like the crunching of leaves as they were falling from the tree above us and, and like scattering on the ground. Uh, so that was really cool. I, I mean, even talking about it now, clearly, because I was in that moment and I was paying attention to those things, I can recall it now a week later. So that was just something cool that we did at, in that first spot. And I, I said after we had a little reflection that it was the first time this year that I realized like it smells like fall right now. I haven't had a moment yet this September, October to pause and take in the scents around me. And I was like, oh my gosh, it smells like fall. Like I had a very visceral feeling of when I was younger and I was jumping in piles of leaves and raking leaves and it was really nice it was really relaxing and then the second spot we went to was the rain garden uh, a little ways away from the tree so it's a natural garden that uh, I think they put some plants in there but they kind of let it do its thing and it's uh, watered by the rain so it's very natural looking. It's not like a very domestic house garden that you would see. It, it looks like it is mostly wildflowers and wild plants, but super pretty, especially with some plants. They were this bright red color that it, it changes to in the fall, which is so pretty. And there we did a lot of like up close observations of things. And it was so nice and quiet. I kept noticing all these little bees that were still out flying around and, and landing on these light purple flowers. I was noticing like the veins of leaves. It was like all the tiny micro details of things that I usually wouldn't stop to look at. So that was really cool. And then the last spot we went to was down by the river. There was a bunch of logs and there is some kind of sandy beach area that you could walk along. Uh, but it was nice and quiet. The water was lapping up on the shore and it was really, really calming. And there we were asked to pay attention to the water and what we noticed about the water. What does it sound like? How is it moving? And a big thing that I remember thinking about as I was watching the water was it looked like it was breathing like that in and out motion onto the shore. It, it felt like it was like a lung and it was filling up and then letting all the air out. It was 
really, really relaxing. Like thinking about that now, I, I feel pretty calm because it was kind of like watching those if you've ever done a meditation app or whatever, and it tells you to breathe in and the circle expands and then breathe out and the circle shrinks. It was just that cool lung-like motion that in and out, that thing. So yeah, those were the three spots we were at. We did that in about an hour and a half. So each spot was a solid 30 minutes or so, but it doesn't need to be that long. If you want to do this on your own, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do, what you want to pay attention to, where you want to go. So yeah, that was my own experience. A little journal prompt for you today, if you do like to journal, is to think back on that spot in nature I asked you to visualize at the beginning of the episode, and I want you to describe it in your journal. So writing the five senses down, what does it smell like, sound like, feel like, taste like, I think there's another taste, no, not taste, but... (laughs) Uh, sensation. I don't know why it's a taste bud. There's another sensation I'm missing there. Oh, look, smell, sound, feel, taste. Oh no, I didn't. That's all of them. (laughs) Again with the, I'm very tired today. Uh, but I want you to actually describe it. So not just imagine it in your head, but take a moment to jot those things down. Um, if you like to write a lot, like really using metaphors or, really good descriptors. Like if you had to explain what this place is like to someone else, you could put them there based on how you write about it. So take a second to pause this episode and write about that favorite spot in nature. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode about forest bathing, Shinrin Yoku. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. I learned a lot from the one session I did, so I highly encourage you to go and either bring a friend to do it with you or find a nice, quiet trail near you that you can just immerse yourself in. And let me know how it goes for you. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, Also, I'm really excited for next week's episode. I'm going to have my first guest on, and it's a friend of mine from middle school, actually, which is really cool. She's a yoga teacher named Kylie Morkin. Um, It's funny. I I used to think she was the coolest person ever in middle school. She still is, but I was like, oh, I wish I was Kylie, and it's, it's so funny that things like come full circle. And now I'm interviewing her for my podcast because <laughs> in middle school, I was just super dorky. And um, I'd always look at Kylie and I was like, she's so nice and she's so pretty. And uh, now we're connecting and, and talking about yoga together. So yeah, she's going to be discussing with me her recent yoga teacher training experience in Maui, Hawaii, and what benefits you can get from practicing yoga. So until then, go outside, even if it's a little cold, grab a jacket, get some fresh air and practice some Shinran Yoku. Thanks, guys.
acknowledgments for this episode of the Hippie Hour podcast go to L.L. Bean's article, Shinrin Yoku, The Restorative Power of Forest Bathing, Hanson Jones and Tochini's Shinrin Yoku, Forest Bathing and Nature Therapy, a state-of-the-art review via ncbi.gov, japan.travel, Shinrin Yoku United, and girlwilduk.com's article on five simple steps to practicing forest bathing, Shinrin Yoku.